Chapter 23 of The Life and Adventures of James P. Beckworth by Thomas D. Bonner. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gary Ullman. Chapter 23 Removal to Our Tobacco Ground. Expedition to the Arapahoes for Horses. Discovered and the Party Scattered. Wanderings for Fourteen Months. Return at Last Amid Tremendous Rejoicing. We left the fort and proceeded towards our tobacco ground. We planted the seed and spent a short time in festivity. It was deemed inexpedient to build a medicine lodge this season, as all the business could be transacted in a temporary one. Our stock of horses being greatly diminished, we deemed this a fitting time to try and replenish it, and various small parties sallied out for that purpose. I left with only seventeen warriors for the country of the Arapahoes, situated on the headwaters of the Arkansas. On arriving at their village, we found a great number of horses, upon which we made a descent, but we were discovered before we could lay our hands on any, and had to scatter in all directions in our effort to escape. One of our party had his leg broken with a rifle ball, but he did not fall into enemy's hands as he crawled away and secreted himself. Two months subsequently he found his way home with his leg nearly healed. He stated that after receiving his wound, he plunged into the river which flowed close by and swam to an island, there concealing himself in a thick brush. The enemy moved away the next day and he swam back to their camping ground, where he found an abundance of meat which he carried over to his quarters. Upon this he fared sumptuously until he was strong enough to walk, then he made his way home. I saw the village move the next morning, and, gathering four of my scattered companions, I followed the enemy at a respectful distance till they encamped for the next night. We then made another descent upon their fold, and succeeded in obtaining each man a horse. We saw no more of the remains of our party until we returned to our village upward of a year subsequently. We came to the resolution to quit the Arapahoes and pay the snakes a visit. On reaching them, we found horses in abundance and could have levied upon them for any number. But, being at peace with the tribe, we contented ourselves with exchanging our jaded and footsore animals for five fresh ones from their drove. Here we dropped an arrow, and they recognized it for a crow arrow readily. We also put on new moccasins and left our old ones behind. When the snakes fell in with the crows some time after, they charged them with stealing their horses, which charge the crows strenuously denied. The snakes persisted, and to confirm their accusation, produced the arrow and the abandoned moccasins. This satisfied the crows that it must be some of the Arapahoes expedition, and hopes of our safety were revived. From the snakes we passed on to the flat head territory, where we found thousands of horses, but felt ourselves under the same moral restrictions as with the snakes. Accordingly, we merely exchanged again, and again left five pairs of moccasins. Subsequently, they made the same charge against the crows and accused them of infringing the treaty. The crows again pleaded innocence, and again the moccasins convicted them of their guilt. They, however, resorted to diplomatic finesse, and an appeal to arms was averted. 
again their hopes were rekindled of seeing us once more we then took a notion to pay the kootenays a flying visit where we made another exchange we could have taken all the horses we wanted but to get home with them we must have taken a wide circuit or have passed through the territory of two hostile nations we next moved to the assabone river which empties into hudson's bay here we borrowed one hundred and fifty head of fine horses from the blood indians and started on our way home we arrived without accident at the Shell river within one day's ride of our own people where we encamped intending to reach home the next day but that night the crows swept away every horse we had not even leaving us one for our own use we must have slept very soundly during the night indeed we were all greatly fatigued for we did not hear a single movement in getting our horses they glorified themselves over having made a glorious haul from the black feet not liking to be foiled in our resolution to return home with a respectable accompaniment of horses we retraced our steps to the assadamon river intended to start another drove on our return we found our friends had left and had crossed to the other side of the mountain we followed on but delayed so long on the western slope that the heavy snowstorms now falling cut off all possibility of returning home before spring therefore we built a comfortable lodge in what was called sweet mountain in a canyon where we could kill a buffalo every day the skins of which covered entirely over our lodge made a very agreeable abode for the winter we also killed several large wolves and dressed their skins in the nicest manner we likewise took three blackfoot scalps the indians whose horses we had been in pursuit of after having roamed about considerably had gone into winter quarters only twelve or fifteen mile distance their smoke was visible from our lodge on the return of spring we visited our neighbor's camp and selected one hundred and twenty head of such orchards as we thought would stand the journey we then returned over the mountain and reached as far as the judith in safety which was within three days ride of the village we were greatly fatigued and halted to encamp for the night and rest our jaded horses again the crows stripped us of every horse leaving us on foot once more resolved not to be beat we determined to try our luck a third time before we returned to our village i told my four companions that my medicine promised me success and that when we did eventually get home we should be able to see what amount of affection was felt towards us by our people by ascertaining how much crying had been done for us i had no doubt we had been mourned as dead for we had been absent above a year during this time we subsequently learned there had been great mourning for us and many had cut off their hair my father however still persisted that i was alive and would some day return and he would allow none of his family to cut off their fingers for me at the time the flatheads went in with their complaint they were about to elect another chief to fill my place but when they saw the five pairs of moccasins produced they knew they must have had crow wearers and their hopes were revived again seeing us and the election ceremony was postponed my father would have no steps taken towards filling my vacant place 
before the erection of the next medicine lodge. He said he did not know where his calf had rambled, and it was his firm belief that in the course of time he would ramble home again. When we reached the Esnabone for the third time, we found that our friends who had accommodated us with two previous droves of horses had gone over the mountain and passed down the river to Fort Row, one of Hudson Bay's trading posts. By the appearance of their trail, we judged that they had been joined by other villages, probably from the Kootenays and the Pageants, all on their way to the trading post for the purchase of their spring supply of goods. We followed their trail for several days, which grew fresher and fresher, until one afternoon we came suddenly upon a horse. We were at that time in thick timber with a dense growth of underbrush and thousands of wild pea vines about. On seeing the horse, we halted suddenly. On looking further around, we discovered horses of all colors and stripes, ring-streaked and speckled. Shortly, the sound of voices reached our ears. In an instant, we stooped down and crept under the most impenetrable vines, nor did we venture to move from our hiding place until night. We could distinctly hear the chatter of men, women, and children around us, and some of the squaws came most dangerously near when gathering firewood for the campfires. We could occasionally peep out, and we saw in those glimpses that they had beautiful horses, and, beside, that they were in good traveling condition. We then felt no doubt that the Kootenays were in company since they always prided themselves in spotted horses, as Jacob of old took pride in spotted cattle. In that encampment, it is so little entered into the heads to anticipate molestation that they had placed no horse guards to keep watch. The noise of the horses in tearing through the pea vines assisted us materially in our nocturnal enterprise. We selected 280 of their largest, strongest, and handsomest cattle, with which we lost no time in making direct for Crowland, nor did we venture to give the rest to their hoofs until a journey continued through three days and nights placed what we considered a safe distance between us. We then ventured to encamp for the night to afford to the poor tired-out animals an opportunity to rest for a while but starting off at early dawn to preclude all possibility of recapture. On the fifth day, we discovered an Indian a short distance from our trail who was coming in an oblique direction towards us. He stopped on the hillside at some little distance off, motioned for us to approach him. Supposing him to be a crow, I desired my companions to drive on while I went to see what he wanted. When I had approached within a few yards of him, he put on an air of surprise and placed his hand to his shoulder with the intention of drawing his bow. I sprang upon him instantly and cut him down and despoiled him of his scalp and quiver. When about to leave to overtake my companions, I perceived the distant smoke of a Blackfoot village situated immediately in the direction that we were journeying and it was beyond doubt that the Indian I had just killed was a spy belonging to that village. He must have mistaken us for some of his own tribe, and only discovered his mistake when I approached near enough for him to distinguish my features. 
my companions returning to me we altered our course and passed over a mountain covered with deep snow so hard however that we passed it without losing a horse this was one of the spurs of the rocky mountains and covered with perpetual snow after sixteen days of almost incessant travel day and night we came in sight of our village just as the sun was sinking behind the distant mountains we approached within a mile of the village and encamped under a small hill as yet unperceived by our people for the hill in the shelter of which we lay was between ourselves and the village it was now the latter end of june i think in the year eighteen thirty four after resting a while i thought to get some tobacco to indulge in the smoke before making our grand entree at the same time requesting my companions to keep a sharp lookout and see that the crows did not steal our horses again finally three of us entered incog and smoked with several of the old men not one of whom recognizes or once thought of us we passed all through the village looking leisurely about us the streets were full of people yet not one bestowed a thought on us when it became somewhat late and the inhabitants had principally retired i dismissed my two companions to the camp telling them i would get some tobacco and rejoin them in a short time i then entered the lodge of one of my wives who was asleep in bed i shook her by her arm and aroused her waking she inquired who is this in the lodge i answered it is your husband i never had but one husband she replied and he is dead no said i i am he you are not dead then as we have believed no i said i have been wandering a long while and have only just returned we all mourned you she continued many moons ago and we all mourn you now every day we believed that the enemy had killed you no i said i escaped i have now brought home a large drove of beautiful spotted horses and if you will do as i wish you you shall have your choice of the whole drove and you will become a medicine woman also i will do what you wish me she replied well i want you when you get up in the morning to request the village to refrain from crying for one son tell them that you dreamed that i came home riding a large and spotted horse having the other four men with me that were merely three hundred of the most beautiful horses you ever saw and that we rode with large wolfskins spread on our horses backs mine being as white as the drifted snow she agreed to do all as i had bidden her i then left the lodge but before quitting the village i called in at my father's lodge all was still around and entering on tiptoe i reached down the medicine shield with no one but my wife or eldest son as privilege to handle and opening it i took out all his medicine tobacco carrying it back to the camp with me and then replaced the shield upon its peg i then returned to our camp and enjoyed a good smoke with my companions our spirits waxing elate at the surprise we had in store early in the next morning the women true to her word narrated her dream to the astonished inhabitants with whatever additions her own fancy suggested my father and mother listened attentively to her revelation and before she had gone through with her narrative she had quite a numerous auditory 
we were watching the occurrence from the brow of the hill and knowing she would have to rehearse her vision several times before it was generally known throughout the village we did not hurry to show ourselves my father and mother having heard her through turned and entered their lodge suddenly the medicine shield caught my mother's eye it had evidently been moved my father took it down and opened it the tobacco was gone this opened the old gentleman's eyes it is well he said my son lives and he believed the substance of the dream as fervently as the prophetess who ordered it the bystanders seeing his medicine so strong and he beginning to sing and dance they all joined in until the noise of their revelry reached us on our distant eminence now was our time we mounted our caprician steeds and forming ourselves in procession we commenced our grand entree singing and shouting at the top of our voices our tones are heard and the villagers gazed around in surprise hark they exclaimed look yonder there are five men mounted on large spotted steeds who are they all were hushed as the grave in the village each striving to catch the sound of our distant strains the five horsemen disappeared as if by magic and reappeared driving a large drove of horses before them of all colors the horsemen again paused on the summit hark listen they sing again who can they be not a soul yet stirred from the village we drove our horses down towards them and left them there while we took a circuit around displaying our scalps but still keeping over gunscot distance the old man came out to us carrying drums each of us took one and then we bounded away to the rear of our horses we raised a well-known song and all listened to the tones of the returning medicine calf at length our wives and relatives broke away from the throng and darted over the plain to meet us they fairly flew over the intervening space to welcome us in their arms a tall sister of mine outstripped the rest and arrived first and immediately after my little wife was also by my side after a warm greeting exchanged with these the warriors came up and saluted us with a shout that would have aroused napoleon's old guard from their graves we were lifted from our horses almost denuded of our clothing and carried by the impetuous throng into the village my father had painted his face into an exact resemblance of satan in token of his joy at my happy return i was kissed and caressed by my mother and sisters and wives until i fairly grasped for breath any person who has never beheld a real downright rejoicing among savages can form but a faint conception of their unrestrained manifestations words can convey no adequate idea of it being untutored and natural not restricted by any considerations of grace and propriety they abandon themselves to their emotions and no gesture is too exaggerated no demonstration too violent for them to resort to my friend with many others had given me up for dead and had adapted another in my place so that there were now three of us who all knew one another's secrets pine leaf was overjoyed at my return she had become confident of my death 
and was only waiting to ascertain the nation that had killed me in order to revenge my loss or be sacrificed to my manes couriers were immediately dispatched to the other village to acquaint them with our return and to invite them to participate in the celebration of the event long hair returned for answer tell my brother i will fly to see him they lost six warriors on their way to our village through carelessly straggling and detached parties consequently they came to us in mourning for their loss the two droves of horses which the groves had released us of were all religiously returned those that the captors had given away were promptly delivered up so that we were now in possession of a very numerous drove i distributed my share among my relatives friends wives and wives relatives until i had only just enough for my own use gave my father an elegant seed and largest in the whole drove to the heroine i gave a spotted four-year-old a perfect beauty one that i intended for her as we were driving them home he proved to be a superior war-horse and there were but few among the thousands that we possessed that could distance him with her upon his back she was very proud of him and would suffer no one but herself to ride him it took me a long time to rehearse all our adventures while away i was required to do it very minutely and circumstantially even to describe all our camping grounds and relate every minute occurrence that had transpired during our long pilgrimage we had certainly incurred exceeding risk in the route we had traveled in recurring to it i marveled at our escape any five men might start upon such an adventure and that one party in ten would ever return i reflected however that i was a little more sagacious than the indians and that i had my physical faculties as well developed as theirs i could see fully as quick as they could and ride as fast if they undertook to chase me in the mountains i now found that i had thousands of friends whether attracted by my fancy horses or not and that i was the idol of my proud parents the mother of black panther always lived with my father and if both survived i presume she does to this day i gave him the child when it was quite young to adopt as his son in obedience to his reiterated solicitations End of chapter 23